Smartcast. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the social psychic. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that I have the opportunity of introducing special guests, Dr. Pia Orlean and Colin Baird-Smith, about their new book, Pleiadian Earth Energy Astrology. This particular book is interesting to me because of the way that the authors approach what, what they call the spirals of consciousness. Uh, in particular, approach, uh, viewing the, the universe as spiral energy patterns. Uh, for spiritual advancement and conscious evolution. The authors explain how the cycles of 13 spirals of universal energy and 20 spirals of earth energy interact on each calendar day, as well as provides Palladian perspective on how they influence us and the events in our lives. This book offers practical examples of how you can consciously use the energies prevalent on a given day for your personal spiritual benefit and shares cosmic wisdom teachings from the Palladian group known as LARCMA central component of the Pleiadian teachings. Our universe is not linear, it moves in spirals. Human evolution also unfolds in spirals rather than the linear progression we call progress. Sharing the cosmic wisdom teachings they have received from the Pleiadian group known as the Larkma will help us to uncover the mysteries that have so often puzzled our society. It's with great pleasure that I introduce our special guests to the show, P. Orlean and Colin Barrett-Smith. Welcome to the show. Hello. Yes, hi. Welcome to the show. It's with great pleasure to have you on today. Hello. We're delighted I, uh, to be with you. I look at your book, and one of the things I pride myself on is the concept of paradigm shifts, looking at our world through a different set of lenses when we have information that gives us the ability to do so. I wanted to ask, in your particular background and your journey, what motivated you to write Pleiadian Earth Energy Astrology? <laughs> That's a very interesting question, and I would say the motivation came directly from a group of Pleiadian beings who visited us over a decade ago and started communicating with us. And at the time, I was a practicing clinical psychologist. And I was a practicing archaeologist and anthropologist. And this this introduction by a group of non-humans was an amazing and quite startling experience for us. So while we had been involved with energy and other life forms all of our lives, we never expected to suddenly be involved in this way. And they started giving us information on binary systems and quantum physics and medical technologies and all kinds of things that we were 
totally unaware of as being here on earth. And the more they kept telling us, we just realized we had something really special. So we started communicating with them on a regular basis, and that turned into the first book that they asked us to write. This is the third book in a series of books by this Pleiadian group called LARCMA. And this is the one that they trained us on how to step away from time and understand how to navigate our lives through energy. So we've actually been using this system for well over a decade now. I guess what, what, what members of our audience might ask, and I want to ask you is, how did you get contacted by this group, the Pleiadians? That's a really fun story. It was Cullen's birthday. We, we were eating a celebratory meal um, for my birthday celebration, and we were living high, high in a mountainous area. We were living at about 10,000 feet, and we didn't have any telephone or mobile phone or any kind of communication where we were living except a shortwave radio. And while we were eating dinner, for some reason unknown to us at the moment, the shortwave radio turned itself on. And we looked at each other and went, how is that possible? Well, we glanced at the clock, and the clock was exactly the hour and minute of Cullen's birth. And we thought that was pretty synchronistically odd. We got up and turned the radio off. And for the next six or seven days, exactly at that time, the radio continued to turn itself on. Even after we unplugged it from the wall, which we thought was a little strange. So we decided after it turned itself on, after we'd unplugged it from the wall, somebody's communicating with us and they're using this as a medium. So we sat down on the couch together and said, who's here? How can we help you? What do you want? Who are you? And can we have a conversation? And Pete and I immediately began getting thought pictures in our minds. The, the old idea of having a ticker tape behind our eyes, giving us information, this, this information feed that began telling us about all the subjects that, that they are so well-versed in, very, very advanced technology. So what was really synchronistic and interesting about this was that Cullen and I were receiving identical word-for-word -word information at the same time. I would say to him, they just told me they're one of six and six of one. I wonder what that means. And he would say, that's exactly what they just told me. And so this continued for a while where we're getting this identical information and we started trying to talk back to them using our voice and found that they would speak through us. And, and this progressed to taking notes, which progressed to recording the sessions, to progress to where we are today with them. So was part of the, and this is just me asking this, was what they came through the radio, was there tele, telepathy, telepathy or telepathic communication going on as well? Absolutely. Yes. And I'll tell you another okay. funny part of this. Cullen and I were going out of town after communicating with them at the exact same time for, oh, I guess a month or maybe six weeks. And we were really sad that we were going out of town and we wouldn't have the radio to turn on for them to be there. So we were in a hotel we, we went to a, a medical conference, and we were in the hotel waiting to go to the first night's lecture, and at the very same time, 
the television turned itself on in the hotel room. And the message that came through was, you've graduated. You don't have to have the radio. You don't even have to have a television. We're always here. All you have to do is say, we'd like to communicate with you. Their society or civilization? Oh. Oh, yes. They're from a star system that's uh, very, very far away from us on Earth. But they use the Pleiades as their base camp, their, their background place that's closest to Earth to work with us. And they carry Pleiadian energy as part of their ancestral species, and they've gone through an evolutionary process somewhat similar to what humanity is going through now. They're a much, much, much older society than we humans here on Earth are. And as Pia just said, they've, they've gone through an evolutionary step-by-step -step process where their society has no war, no poverty, no hunger, they are absolutely egalitarian in their group of, of beings. They, they have no hierarchy. Everyone is equal. Everyone has a say-so in what they decide to do. They present themselves to us um, visually as waves of blue energy. We can see the waves of the blue around us when they're present. But they're shapeshifters also. They can shape the energy that they have into any form that would be recognizable to a human being for communication and recognition. So Colin and I always see them as the energy that they are. But they can take other shapes and other forms. And others have, when we've been speaking in public, when we've been speaking in public, others have also reported that they have seen us, seen them around us. They don't communicate as we humans do with verbal language, they communicate, according to how they've explained this to us, through musical tones and mathematical tones directly heart to heart between each of them or through groups of them. So their, their communication is absolutely telepathic compared to our verbal languaging here on Earth. That would be kind of like some sea mammals, like I believe dolphins communicate through echolocation. So I could see where that could be a potential aspect of a mode of communication. Have they Absolute. indicated? Yeah, I'm sorry. Have they indicated to you uh, if they'll ever make themselves known to the broader society at some point in the future? Well, that that's a very good question. Um, we have been doing group symposiums, workshops. We've been speaking all over the world for about 12 years. And what we do is we gather groups together and then we speak for them through, their, speak through, through us. us, through their telepathic message to us. But the interesting thing about what we do, they don't like the term channeling. They think that's a very antiquated way of explaining superior information coming from without the earth through humans what they call it is synchronizing or connecting and what they do and they explain this to groups all all over the world is they use the brain of each of us pia and me they call it the library of our brains to select their words because they have to be able to communicate to humans through our human languaging system so they use our brains to pick the words that are necessary, and then we speak those words out loud. So yes, they are open to the greater population. In fact, one of the largest audiences we had was in Russia in 2012. Um, 
that particular audience was well over 500 people. And then there were other audiences after that that wanted to come that couldn't get in. So it just continued and continued and continued. And the Russian people are so open to the reality that exists with this type of communication that we were met by a grand welcoming committee of news media and medical doctors and journalists and opera singers opera singers gave us a greeting and a welcome all kinds of things saying welcome we're glad you're here we know what you're doing is real and incidentally our first book in this series was picked up by the russian press and it's, it exists in russian now because they know this is real that's so interesting and i was going to say one of the things i i'll share with our audience the benefit we had a conversation before we got on the show and I was explaining how I can relate to what you're saying with the reference in your book of the energy field, the universal energy field. We'll get into that in a second as well as, as universal energy and earth energy, because as a, as an intuitive psychic medium, I tell people I read all the time, I pick up on their energy and that's what I read. That's, that's how I interpret what I say to people who aren't um, able to at this stage, understand let's say you have a skeptic or somebody's like well how can someone pick up something off of another person without them either knowing about it or you know just in those general terms and one of the things i always say to people any skeptic i had a skeptic yesterday who i read for and the first thing i said is just keep your skepticism aside and let's see if we can do this reading and i'll see if i can read your energy and literally i read his energy for about a half hour and he walked away saying he's no longer a skeptic but he it's interesting because Going into that topic and then looking at what we're doing today, I feel like there's a lot of synchronicity there. That there, there it, it, is, well, there is indeed. And what I was going to say was one of the things that, that these wonderful Pleiadians have helped us with and that we help others with is the understanding that everything is energy. The entire universe is made up of energy. Every person, every rock, every tree, every everything on this planet and all of the other elements elsewhere, anywhere in the universe of the cosmos, is simply made of energy. And what they're trying to help humanity understand is that energies connect, energies have relationship. And so we think what you're explaining to us right now is absolutely dovetailed in with what we do and with what our Pleiadian friends are trying to help humanity understand. So interesting. I had my first sighting of a UFO uh, at my friend's ranch in January, and I haven't really shared this story publicly much. I never had an experience before other than what you see on TV. And uh, like Ancient Alien Files, like the show on the, on, on the History Channel, I've been interest, always intrigued with that stuff. I was stargazing in January, and I saw this object that looked like an airplane in terms of its lights, but it made a 90, three 90 degree turns and shot upwards. And I know our military, maybe our military aircraft can do that, but I felt very strongly it was likely a UFO. And I wanted to ask you, what are your viewpoints on UFOs? Do you think that they're tied into this contact that you are having with the Pleiadians, or do you think that there could be other civilizations contacting us as well? Well, first of all, I wouldn't identify them as UFOs. I would identify them not as unidentified, I would claim, yes, they're here. We do have other visitors okay. who are visiting us. So let's stop putting it in the category of the mystical. It's real. Sure. P and I have okay. had, P and I had these experiences since childhood. We've, we've been stargazers since we were little, and we also notice what you just described as unusual movements or, or change of direction that airplanes or helicopters cannot perform. So, yes, we do believe that there are these ships 
we know that they come from many different star systems, the, the Pleiadians, the Orions, the Syrians, the Omegans. There are many, many star societies that are here not only watching what's going on on Earth, but also here to help. That's great. I, I know, especially with our times right now, I think any help we can get or any divine knowledge that can help society would be hugely beneficial to everyone involved. Let me, let me get into your book. I want to ask you if you can explain to our audience the term spirals of consciousness and how that has shaped the way that you view where we are in the universe and our role in it. Sure. Our universe currently is shaped by time, which is completely linear. We move from a perceived past into the present moment and then into a perceived future. All of our thought energy is focused upon what happened yesterday or what's going to happen tomorrow. And the only time that we're really in the present is when we're in a feeling state of what's going on in the present moment. Not thinking about it, but actually feeling it. So when you start looking at how everything in the universe moves in spiral patterns, which it does, stars, planets, orbiting bodies in the galaxy, everything moves in a circular or an elliptical pattern. And if you watch the seasons on Earth or tree rings that grow or anything like that, you also will see a spiral of energy occurring in nature. And you start thinking about we are part of nature, so therefore why should we not evolve in the same manner? And I think what the Pleiadians are trying to help us do with this system is to stop thinking linearly and begin to understand that as we open and awaken more and more to the true reality, it's an opening of our consciousness that occurs in a spiral. It's like going around in a circle, but when you get to the start point, you've gone a little bit higher up because you've integrated what you've already gone around and experienced. And now you go around another cycle around, and this time you integrate something else. But you're always continually movement, moving because life is movement. And linearly, there are points and dots where you stop. It's not a continual movement. So our entire reality is shaped by a misconception that we call time. We, we have done um, a lot of research in, in trying to make this system understandable to humans, which we've been working with basically for about 10 years. In our research, we've looked back in history and, and looked at how time has become so important to humans. And one of the, the most important signifiers in that was the design and origin of the Gregorian calendar. Pope Gregory designed a calendar in 1582, and we've been following that calendar in the West all of these hundreds and hundreds of years. And then just a slight time beyond that, almost 100 years later, in 1656, the first mechanical clock was designed and made. And we've been enslaved and entrapped, imprisoned by time ever since those two discoveries or those two inventions. And so we've been working against nature. We've been working against natural cycles all of these years, which have caused us to compartmentalize things, to put things into artificial boxes and compartments that are absolutely anti-life. Not only is it artificial, but it also 
is not complete. It's very incomplete because we focus upon 12 hours in a day, 12 hours in a night, 12 months in a year. And what the Pleiadians have taught us is that we're shortcutting by ignoring the energy of 13. The energy of 13 represents integration. It's the pace place where we pause, where we take a breath and we actually integrate what the experiences of the previous 12 energies have been. Our current linear system does not allow any place for rest or retreat or integration. Our current 12-month, 12-hour system is based upon continual progress called the arrow of time, always going forward and never, never stopping to integrate what we've experienced. And not only that, we have to adjust our calendars every four years because it's not even accurate. The whole leap year phenomenon. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it, that's a good point. You have to add an extra date of February every four years because of the, of the discrepancy. That's interesting. I, uh, plus the Mayan calendar, uh, that's a whole separate system. I know you mentioned, you referenced that in your book at the beginning as well. Could you tell us about how the Mayan calendar plays into this dynamic of how they viewed and, and accounted for time and days and, and, and the cycles compared to the way we modern, uh, we've done so in the modern times since the 1500s. Sure. Very recently, the Mayan elders, particularly those in Guatemala, have made it public knowledge that all the information that they've been handing down orally from elder to elder through all these years since the Mayan calendar was brought to them by star beings from the Pleiadian system, that all the information came from the Pleiadians and that they were encouraged to live through energy, and that the calendar was always about energy. So it's the same Pleiadian system. It's just that what Larkma, our modern-day Pleiadian friends, have taught us is how to put it in modern-day terminology so we can actually integrate it. If you look at the Mayan system, it's got words like ak and akbal and words that have no meaning to modern humans. And if you look at the way the Pleiadians have given us the energy now, we have, concept, have concepts that we can relate to, like initiating, creating, harmonizing, choosing, all things that are words that we can actually have a meaning to that is a taking action meaning, not a sit and mark time, but an action of what's actually occurring in the energetic movement. That's very interesting indeed, just to think of the similarities but the differences in trying to use modern terminology so that we can understand it through the concepts of it. Can you tell yes. us about the two major patterns of spiraling energy and how they differ from one another? Sure. The first pattern that we always help people to understand and learn to operate this system is the universal energies because these are energies that are true throughout the cosmos. They do not specifically relate to planet Earth. They are a system from 1 to 13 that allows us to go from initiating some action, some movement, some something, all the way through to completing. And each one builds upon the other. You go from initiating to duality because duality splits and gives you two perspectives, which is very much like when an egg and a fertilized woman split to become what it's going to do. It's the same sort of birthing to something new that's coming. And then you move into creating, and then you build a foundation, and then you look around and say what needs to change, and you change things. And then it just goes on and on until you get to 12, which is understanding, where you begin to understand everything you've gone through. And then 13 is integrating it all. It's the completion point because it's the time for integration. 
That particular energetic pattern exists in space. It exists in other stellar bodies. It exists in the universe. So these are cosmic or universal energies. The second set of energies are called Earth energies because they are more specific to our experience here on Earth. And they are energies like breathing, listening, planting, transcending, remembering, loving, feeling, exploring, healing, seeing, intuiting, self-regulating, catalyzing, enlightening. All of these things are different energies that are not one higher priority or hierarchically better than another, but a contributing factor to the whole. So there's no hierarchy in any of the earth energies, but each one is equally important and has to be integrated into the whole pattern of humanity for us to see who we are and how we relate to each other. When in your book, I know you talk about how advanced beings are guiding humanity's evolution and that LARCMA is one of the guiding groups that is working with you. I wanted to see if you can get a little, for our audience, since they don't have the book yet, a little background on what LARCMA is. I know that you've described them as one of six and six of, six of one. And if you can kind of explain that dynamic where it's the illustration of individuality within unity. And if you can kind of give us a little encapsulation of that just for this episode as a point of reference, since it seems like it's a very critical part of your book. Sure. It, it's, when they first said it to us, we are one of six and six of one, we looked at each other and went, mm, we don't quite understand what you mean. And they very quickly and very astutely explained that they are a group of six, but they are six individual energies that have their own preferences, their own ideas, their own way of seeing reality. But they work together within unity together for the highest good of all. So they interweave all of their differences, all of their similarities into a single unified group of six. And what they're trying to help us understand through that is on Earth, because this planet is designed through duality, possibly differently than any other planet, we see things separately as you and me, hot and cold, up and down, us and them, and what they're trying to help us understand is duality is completely misunderstood. It's not a way of separating each other because we're different, they're different. Duality is a way of actually seeing the differences that we all are, but bringing those differences together to make a better whole, to make a higher version of each one of us together. That's interesting. So rather than seeing as a for example, black and white, it's duality there. You can say that it's actually more of a unitary thing as two different components of a, of a whole itself. Yes. yes, I think you could envision the yin-yang symbol when you say that. So you can see the yin-yang is the black and the white right next to each other, but it takes both parts to complete the whole. It's, it's as though we, we are individuals with, with our own sovereignty, our own makeup, but we work together better when we use, there's a Sanskrit term, ahimsa, meaning no harm to any being. And the Pleiadians use that term and they use a Mayan term, in Lakesh, which means I am another yourself. 
And combining the, both of those ideas, we can make choices always by thinking of how is my choice going to affect everyone else, not just myself individually, but when I make a choice to do something outwardly, I have the thought first, and then I take that thought into action. Am I going to harm anyone? Am I going to trouble anyone? Or am I going to enhance the energy that I broadcast out to help everyone? And so that, that concept of ahimsa and in Lakesh is the way the Pleiadians live. And it causes a much more harmonious and a much more peaceful society because nobody is out only for themselves or their own gain. Every thought they have and every action they take is for a greater good. It also relates to spirals of consciousness because as we begin to think from our heart, as Cullen just said, incorporating these two very important principles, our conscious vibration is increased. So therefore, we're spiraling up higher and higher on the consciousness evolutionary ladder because we're opening, we're including, we're expanding, we're accepting, we're doing all the things that are necessary from a conscious perspective rather than a defensive, me, 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 competitive perspective. Cooperation and collaboration are really the, the two the two terms that our Pleiadian friends use, because if, if you're collaborating, if, if you're working as a group, you're going to reach the outcome in a much, much better way, in a much more whole fashion. So it, it really makes a difference. Something else they've talked to us about is our thoughts are not only our own. And this is startling to many people, because many people think, my thoughts are private. I own this thought. It belongs to me. But what the Pleiadians have said is that each person's thought actually goes out into the atmosphere and ripples out to the next person, the next group, the next galaxy. It always goes out, out, out. It's not simply a private sort of understanding. And in that explanation, what they're trying to tell us is that every thought we have has energy in it, and that energy ripples out, ripples out, ripples out. That turns into the actions from the thought. So every action we choose, every action we take, actually collides with every other energy. It goes everywhere, and it affects everything. And that's what humans basically have a, a really hard time understanding. That Which is something that we're certain that you understand. As some, someone who is sensitive to energy and who reads energy, you get that. But the Pleiadians are trying to help us all wake up to, so that we all get that and begin to live our lives more transparently. Now, I don't think it's a really good idea to have a poker face. It's much more holistic and connected to let whatever you're feeling be shown and work to take responsibility to keep those feelings at a higher vibratory level because you know and you take responsibility for whatever you're feeling or thinking is going to impact someone else. I like that you phrase it that way. And I think from my vantage point, um, I have, I can relate to what you're describing in terms of synchronicity, reading energy, uh, and those are things that just happened that I've grown to appreciate from doing all the readings I do. Uh, I also think that the more spiritually awoke that you are, 
that you might have the capacity to understand this than if you're just at the beginning of your path in learning about this stuff. One of the things I'm looking at in terms of your book, you describe in your second chapter about the strands of the DNA and evolution in the human body, uh, the, you know, our human um, species, that out of the 12 strands of the DNA, there's two that are actually in use at this moment and that the other 10 have not been activated yet. And I wanted to see if you could explain that in the context of what you've learned from the LARCMA and how that relates to our streams of consciousness. I think that each strand of DNA is connected to a particular conscious experience Larkma does not speak of past lives. They speak of parallel lives because they say everything is happening synchronistically, simultaneously. So they don't focus on past lives. Instead, they say you're having other experiences in different dimensions. As we become more and more awake to the other dimensions, our DNA becomes activated by that experience. One of the clearest ways for a beginner to be able to understand this is the experience of deja vu. Almost everybody is the experience of, um, this feels familiar, I've been here before, I've seen this before, even though they may know physically they've never been there, and yet they know somehow in their heart, this is familiar to me. That's the beginning awakening to a parallel experience, a parallel consciousness. And the more practice we become at paying attention to those parallel experiences, the more we open up to other aspects of who we are. One of the things that's happening collectively to those who are awakening on the planet right now is that there are huge surges of emotion that are coming up out of nowhere, seemingly nowhere. And Lartma explains to us that what we're doing is we're tapping into other places that need to be healed, other places in parallel consciousness where we've had a great deal of trauma. And that trauma is preventing us from being open to awakening our experience and awakening to the DNA. So as we clear the trauma and say, okay, I know I'm overreacting right now, and I don't know why, but it must have a reason. So I'm just going to release this energy by myself, not in, in project it on anybody else. Then we begin to actually integrate it. And as we do that, more strands of DNA begin to open, and we become more aware simultaneously of the parallel experiences. One, one thing I'd like to speak about very quickly is what happened in 2012? So many millions of people around the world believed that the world was going to end in 2012 because archaeologists and anthropologists had said for 100 years or so since they'd been studying the Mayan calendar that the Mayan calendar was pointing to an end time, that in 2012, life would, would finish. We would be done. And what those archaeologists and what those anthropologists did not understand was what the Maya meant was that the world as we know it will end, but not life. And so what happened was instead of just living our human one realm, one dimensional experience here on earth, in 2012, what was designed by the Pleiadians for the Mayan and for everyone else this direction historically, what happened was we were able from 2012 on to experience all dimensions simultaneously. We can move from the third dimension to the fifth dimension to the ninth dimension anytime we want at this point. A gateway was opened in 2012 to allow us to experience all of these parallel lives at will if we choose to become more sensitive, more conscious, and make 
better choices. That's a very interesting concept, I, I believe, very clearly. Um, where would you say we can achieve those, our access to the different dimensions? Did they indicate to you if it's through meditation, if it's through uh, thoughtful prayer? Um, how did they direct you to, to open that up for us as, as humans in terms of our understanding? Well, I would not say thoughtful anything because the more we think, the more we rely on the history of our belief systems and our training. So thoughtful would not be the direction I would go. I would go in the direction of paying attention to what you feel first. And Lartma teaches a, a specific program where you can, when you feel something, no matter what it is, notice what you're thinking at the time you're feeling it. And then follow that thought and say, is that really true? Because most of the time it isn't. Most of the time, whatever you're thinking is based on historical experience, fear of something that's going to happen in the future, fear of not being loved, some kind of fear or some kind of training, bad training, as Colin calls it. So the way to open up the other dimensions is to be fully present with what you're feeling and then notice what you're thinking about what you're feeling. And as you do that, you process the feelings so that you begin to open up to, oh, this feels familiar. Maybe maybe I was experiencing this in a parallel life somehow because I can't make sense of it where I am now. All my thoughts around it are illogical. And so we open. Well, what, what you asked a moment ago, Jason, was could these dimensions be opened more thoroughly and clearly through meditation or prayer or other means? I would say yes to both of those and yes to many okay. more experiences what what I think the, the Pleiadians are trying to get us to do is step away from the mind that constantly tries to control our lives and step more thoroughly into the heart. And by meditating or praying, or one of the most important things would be to spend time in nature. Spending time Absolutely. in nature, take, that takes us back to our natural cycles, our natural way of being. And when we're in a natural place like that, whether it's meditation, prayer, or nature, or many more, it allows us to be deeply in the heart instead of in the mind. And by being in the heart, we delve into what some people call the void or the, the, the basis of, of being. And at that point, we can access what many people call source. Some people call, God, call it God. Some people call it source. It doesn't matter what it is. But that place in a quiet understanding, a quiet meditative place, is where we can have the ability to be in other dimensions and recognize the ability to go to those dimensions. I, I can see what you're saying. I, I do get that very clearly, myself at least. I want to I talk about the actual Palladian Earth Energy Astrology System. And that's chapter four of your book where you show that there's a graphic on figure 4-1, spiraling universal energies. And you show that they spiral counterclockwise and are in harm, harmony with the cosmos. And I wanted to see if you could describe that system to our audience since it seems like it's, a, it's an interesting aspect of what's laid out in terms of the, the way to grasp these concepts. Sure. 
the Pleiadian Earth Energy Astrology System is based on integrating the two spirals, both the universal energies and the Earth energies, and looking at each of the, the impact of each of those energies, what it means when we're in it. Each person on Earth carries a certain universal energy and a certain Earth energy. And the reason for this is because that's your direct connection to your overall energetic experience. But people don't think in terms like that. They think in terms of Myers-Briggs studies and personality and gender and race and all these other descriptors, but they don't think of themselves in terms of energy. This system allows you to find out what your own specific energy is, and then according to what your energy is, it helps you understand how to relate better with other energies which ones you resonate with, which ones offer you challenge for growth, which ones are mysterious, which ones empower you. So knowing about your own earth energy, it's not just about looking at a calendar to see what energy is present on any given day. It's about looking at your own energy and understanding how you can fully encompass it. Each earth energy has both a higher and a lower vibration. The universal energies are just what they are. They're not high or low, they're cosmic. But the earth energies have a higher or a lower vibration. And people who are still asleep, very unaware, following their training, whether it's religious or educational or parental or peer, they're only staying at a lower vibratory level because they're not open to the other possibilities. People who are awakening or who are beginning to be more and more awakened start saying, I wonder how I can do this a little bit differently. This is uncomfortable. This doesn't feel right. Or I can't stand to see that person over there suffering. What can I do to help? All these questions are an introduction to exploring what your own energy is and how to use its gifts a little more fully so that you can have a more enriched life and so that you can feel like you've fulfilled a sense of purpose. It also helps you understand what you may be here to do, what you may be choosing as a career, who you may be choosing as a life partner, all of those things can be defined by the Earth Energy, Pleiadian Earth Energy Astrology System. You can also pick auspicious dates. If you have um, a date that you need to go take care of a business situation, you can pick a date for that that's more auspicious with the energies occurring that support that activity. Or if you want to get married, you can pick a date that supports both you and your partner's energies together for a harmonious union. Or if you want to take a trip or a vacation, you can pick energies that support relaxing, playing, traveling. All of these open us to possibilities that are beyond Monday through Friday we work and Saturday and Sunday we take a break. What, what we're trying to help people understand is that relationship is everything. Energy slash relationship. Every energy has a relationship. As Pia just said, not only do people have specific energies, in themselves, of themselves, but the relationship also of a couple, the relationship of a business arrangement, the relationship of a day. It's all about relationship and how more harmony and more grace and more flow can happen between people, businesses, anything that, that we do as humans on this planet. And what this system does is help us see that, that there's more to each person, each day, each situation than the casual observer would think. It's just another day. It's Monday. I have to get up and go to work. 
it's much bigger than that. It's there's there's much more wholeness to it than than simply looking at it through linear time. I've been doing astrological charts with this system for people for years, and I have never seen two identical energies, which is what you would expect, Jason. They're all different, and yet each person that I work with, I can give them hints and tips and guidance on how to answer the most pressing questions they've got, how to resolve problems and challenges they have. Two things that I really, really love doing are I love doing a child's chart. When a parent wants guidance on what the child, what makes the child tick and how to support them, doing a child's chart really brings out ways that the parents can support the little being into being who they are. And the other thing I really love doing is working with individuals to see how to move through their shadow cycles. Shadow cycles are periods of opportunity for growth. But humans are unaware that we have particular periods that are assigned to us or that are within our makeup for each and every one of us on a specific time, on a specific energetic frequency. We think of it as just having a series of bad hair days where everything is going wrong. But when you look at it, the logical system, you can say, oh, my gosh, no wonder this is going on. This is a chance for me to break old patterns, change the way I'm thinking, and do things differently. So I love working with people with that to help them move forward. And just in summary, I'm grasping, I'm grasping my arms around this concept so that our audience can kind of see it too. When I'm looking at your book and the way you're explaining it, each individual has a combination between one of the universal energies, which there's 13 of them, and then uh, as well as a spiraling earth energy where there's 20 of those. Would that be an accurate representation that you have a mixture between one of those um, energy spirals yeah. from the universe, universal energy and then an earth energy combined, and that kind of equals your component, so to speak, in terms of how to understand your role in the earth, uh, the Pleiadian earth energy astrology? Would that, would that be yeah. some type of – okay, I, I just wanted to ask that. The secondary question I have is – go ahead. Good. There's an ephemeris at the back of the book where people can look up from their birth date what their energy is, but one thing I want to point out to your listeners is we're trained to look at our birth date according from midnight to midnight, but the day starts at midnight and ends at midnight, and the Palladian Earth-centered energy system is based on nature, not an artificial clock. So the energies that actually shift at sunset. So you're shifting, your energy that you're choosing is not, well, I was born at, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning or whatever, 10 o'clock at night. It was I born before between sunrise and sunset. Where was I born? What time was I born? Because the shift occurs when the sun goes down. So that's important for people to know. And I'm looking at the table in the back of the book, the appendix uh, C is where I fall. And I looked at my birthday, October 18th, 1975, and it shows 10 and being next to it. If I was trying mm-hmm. to understand that, what would that mean for me? Uh, October of what, 1975? Yes, correct. October 18th. And it says t- the number 10, and it has being okay, next to it. Okay, 10 is the universal energy. And that is the energy of manifestation. That's a very, very good energy to understand how every challenge that comes to you can be an opportunity to manifest something different by breaking old patterns. And you learn, you can learn how to be a master manifester through the energy of 10. Being is a, is a point of beginning. That means it's an earth energy. 
And the being energy from the higher vibration means that you can look at every single moment as an opportunity for a new start. You have a fresh perspective like a child. You're interested in things. You want to know what else can be done. It encourages you to move forward into whatever calls your heart. The lower vibration of being might feel very insecure and uncertain because they're looking all around going, what do my teachers say? What do my parents say? What am I supposed to do? Who's going to love me? That's the lower vibration of the energy. The higher vibration is ready to go. What comes next? This is great. <laughs> wow. Okay. Now, as I say, I like that it, it gives you uh, an actual way of taking your own individual birthday and then plotting it in the system to understand yourself or get a greater self-awareness. Yes. Absolutely. It does. And that was just a little snapshot, too. When I do a chart to somebody, I go into karmic patterns that people need to break, insecurities, challenges, all kinds of things to help them understand what might have been puzzling them for years so that they can move forward with it. Can you tell me a little about the role or the importance of Venus in the system? Sure. Venus is the perfect role model for anybody living on Earth because Venus has a morning star and an evening star position, which is the exact representation of duality. The entire system was important to the Pleiadians as a guidance system for Earth because it's based on Venus's rotation around the sun, which is 260 days versus our 365 days. So if we pay attention to the energy of Venus, then we can see how we move through duality in a more harmonious way by looking at when is Venus in the night sky, when is Venus in the day sky, and what are the attributes of both aspects of duality. It's also based on a system of 13, which is, as you already know, the universal energies. Venus is a combination of 13 and 5, um, different combinations numerologically that are listed in the book. But they line up with this Pleiadian system to help us realize that we have to integrate all of our experiences. And the five energy is about always being available to change because life is change. Can you describe the, relation be the relationship between Earth energies and one's personality? Sure. One's personality is made not just of Earth energies. One's personality is made of the combination of the Earth energy that represents you and the universal energy that is shining forth to guide you. And there's also a third computational point, which is the point of evolutionary guidance. And that is the energy that is helping you to grow, helping you to expand. That's another earth energy that comes into play. So you have to look at, in the astrological system, what's your universal energy? If it's a one, then your earth energy will be the same as your evolutionary guidance. If it's any other number in the system, it will be a different evolutionary guidance. So you'll either have a really strong kick to pay attention to what your earth energy is if you're a one, or you'll have another earth energy saying, well, let's move beyond what you think you are and let's go into something else. Does that explain it briefly? Yeah, it does. I'll, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let me, let me ask you this. Let's say that there's someone in the audience that is tuning into this episode for the first time. And they want to get your book. And you mentioned that your book is one of, I think, a series of three books already. Is that correct? The current book, yes, that's the uh, Plating Earth Energy Astrology. Um, how would this book itself introduce the listener to these con – I know what I should say is, would it benefit them to 
go through this book and then if they continue to be interested to go back to the other two books? Like how do the three books work together, I guess is what I should ask you. Each of the books can stand alone on its own because each one contains a specific area of information that people may be interested in. So it doesn't really matter where you start in the trinity of books in the series. Any of them is an opening. The first book is uh, recorded conversations that Cullen and I had with the Pleiadians when we first started working with them. And it answers a lot of basic questions about life on Earth. The second book is called Remembering Who We Are. The first one is called Conversations with Larkma. The second one is called Remembering Who We Are, and it goes through all the aspects of what it is to be human, uh, color systems, number systems, choices that we make, emotions, what our feelings are composed of. It really describes the aspect of being human. And the subtitle of that book is Healing the Human Condition because it gives guidance on how to move beyond our stumbling blocks. This third book teaches us how to move out of linear time and move into a deeper understanding of energy because, as Cullen said a while ago, we are energy. Everything is energy. So you can start anywhere you like with any of the three books and you're going to get something depending upon what your specific interest is at the moment. And I think once you read one of them, if you really enjoy it, that you'll say, what else can I learn? And you'll be automatically intuitively guided to which one comes next. Have you made contact with other people who have also been in communication with LARCMA on our planet? Have there been other people from other countries that have reached out to you? What's your experience in with that? That's very interesting. There are many Pleiadian groups that speak all over the world, but to different people, but LARCMA only speaks to Cullen and me, and that's for a very unique and specific reason. When they first contacted us, they said, we're choosing you for a specific reason. And P and I looked at each other and, you know, with some, I don't know, mis- big question. Uh, misunderstanding, <laughs> we, we didn't know what they meant. And so they explained to us that We've chosen the two of you because you are a team, you are together as a couple, and you are absolutely different in your personality makeup. We are 180 degrees different from one another. We are the dictionary picture of duality. We, we have the same understanding of love. Pia and I have the same understanding of the cosmos of, of the big picture, but our outer personalities are absolutely opposite. I see everything from the outside. I bring everything from the outside as in a funnel-shaped vehicle down to my heart. Pia, on the other hand, sees everything from the inside, and then she broadcasts that out everywhere. And Larma likes this because they said, Many, many channels who are bringing through information from other star systems have their own filterization. So the information gets filtered through their belief system. That way, it's not always exactly what the energy may be intending to say because the human transmitting the energy may have too much filterization going on. With Cullen and me, we cancel each other out. Anything I might be thinking or believing, he's going to cancel out because he sees it from a different viewpoint. And the same for him. Anything he may be thinking or believing, I'm going to cancel out because I see it from a different viewpoint. We're a little bit different than than many so-called channelers. 
um, we we have to be touching. They they told us that they will only bring their wisdom through us if we're physically touching each other. We we hold hands, whether this is private for ourselves, whether this is in a a session with with another person seeking help or or guidance through LARCMA. Because we do do personal sessions for people. Or whether we're speaking in public with large groups of people in a conference room, we're holding hands and touching our legs together because we sit next to each other. And that is the only way they will come through us. They will not speak unless we're actually physically touching each other. And we don't know any other channelers that that do what they do exactly the way we're doing it. That's interesting. It's, it might be your own thing that they've used the duality of the both of you to help in their own particular way of communicating, it sounds like, that you have to be connecting Absolutely. each other in order for them to come to you. That's interesting. Yes. Very interesting. Absolutely. Let me ask you, let me ask you this, because we're running low on time. With reference Actually, I have two questions. One was you'd mentioned the different realities that we might have, like in connection to uh, deja vu, for example. And I've actually found that as an intriguing concept, that there could be multiple versions of ourselves in dual universes or dual forms of reality. Is that something that they, they, they basically have shared with you as a concept that is based on their understanding of our consciousness and who we are in, in this universe, that there's there's multiple versions of reality itself? Yes. 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 They've also helped us work through traumas and parallel realities. When we have the memory, we, we know what's going on, and we know it's not this lifetime. They've helped us to integrate it, and they've helped other people in personal sessions to integrate past what most people call past life. They call parallel life trauma as part of what's going on in their present moment. They've given us a visual picture or a visual diagram of, of what you're asking us about. They, they tell people to vi envision themselves inside a circle and they're in the very middle of the circle and that there are 12 doors all around the outside perimeter of that circle. And they connect this with the 12 strands of DNA that each one of the strands is connected to a particular dimension. And what they've tried to help us personally and humanity to understand is that we're in the middle and we can choose to view or go through any one of those 12 doors into a different dimension. Our present experience actually represents the 13th point because that's the point of integration. That's us standing in the middle of the circle. That's the point of integration, and that's what this opportunity for humanity is presenting right now, for humanity to take a momentous leap into a new evolutionary aspect of who we are as humans. So being the 13th integrating point and Inviting in all those other 12 experiential domains actually is a huge leap for humans to be able to do. In terms of the, and just going back to this for a second, so would that mean that there's different versions of ourselves in these other realities, uh, other universes that have different paths, so to speak? So in this particular path, the two of you might be together and in a different reality, there's a different dynamic going on. Would that be accurate? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Complete. Yes. Com that's a, okay. That's a complete. That's a complete clarity of what we're talking about. Okay. Okay. Because that concept itself, for some people, might be hard to understand. 
because they always just look at things like you said in the here and now and, and just in our particular zone point of reference. So I, I can I can grasp that. I was just wanted to get a little clarity there in terms of how they portrayed it to you. What? Yeah, you're, you're seeing it clearly. <laughs> Thank you. What has Mark indicated to you, giving you this information to publish and share? What do they believe the next step's going to be going forward? They believe the next step is learning to focus upon clearing anything that remains of individual shadow so that the only thing that remains is the light shining outwards, that we are interconnected dots of light all over the planet. As each one of us clears the remaining shadow and the old, lets go of the old belief systems, we make an accelerated leap because when we clear the shadow, we get rid of fear, competition, greed, all those things that have been problematic for humanity, and we become light itself. And as light itself, we recognize the energy that we are. And that allows us, when, when we've completed all this work, that allows us to fly out into the universe. Interestingly enough, there's a parallel here, synchronicity as you want to call it, that when, I, when people ask me what it's like on the other side, when people transcend or you know, pass away, whatever term you want to use, I always say to people, we're 99.9% .9 energy is my, is my um, way of grasping things, and that our physical bodies are our earth shells, are our vehicle for us to move around in this existence, and that we gain wisdom while we're alive, you know, the positives and negatives of life that we go through, and at some point, we leave our physical bodies and that we go back to be reconnected with our universal energy or, or all we're all one is basically what I pick up on like a universal consciousness. And I explain to people that when you transcend and you pass away, that they're still our loved ones are still connected to us even after crossing over because love is a form of energy that connects us. And I basically tell people that what's relayed to me from the other side when I do readings is the wisdom we gain in our life here goes with us to the next spot and we're all reunited and that energy itself, time doesn't exist on the other side. So, or you know, I'm just using that terminology that people can grasp it and that everything is, is interconnected. We're all a fabric, inanimate objects, living things, everything's one fabric itself. And so when I explain this to people and then we're talking about your book today and the top, the, the spiral of, of consciousness and how things interplay, it, I can understand what you're describing. Uh, I just think it's just a different play on words that I use when I explain how when we transcend to the other side, everyone on the other side doesn't want us to grieve. They don't want us to feel like we're gone. We're literally still with each other. We're united. And that, that, that all ties together is what I'm trying to say. The, the, the actual uh, concept for, for me itself resonates. I would say yes, yes, and yes. And what we understand, <laughs> what we understand is that the doorway of transition, all it is is the change of energy. It only changes the form. It doesn't change anything else. It's an it's a energy gateway where we simply change our energy form, but we're still here and there and everywhere. And I would say also that Cullen and I recognize that truth comes through many sources. So just because you're choosing a different set of words when you're talking to a specific person, that's the same truth that what we're saying right now when we're talking to your listeners. It's the same truth, just in a different set of wording. Because the truth is the truth. I, uh, the universal wisdom, I guess, is a good way of phrasing it as well. Cosmic wisdom, as you yeah. phrase it, I believe. Uh, yeah. I like that. 
Let me ask you this, because we unfortunately are running out of time. And this, this topic is, is very broad. There's a lot of aspects to it. Uh, if you were to, uh, if anyone in our audience wants to get in touch with you or they want to find out more information about what you do on a daily basis, where would they go? We have two websites. The first one is called larkma.com, and it's L-A-A-R-K-M-A-A.com. And on that website, you'll find all the energy about the Pleiadians that we've been working with for all these years. The other website is piaorlean.com, and that's my name, P-I-A-O-R-L-E-A-N-E.com. And you'll find the astrological system there on how to get a Pleiadian Earth Energy Astrology chart. And there is my work there on the Divine Feminine and other energies that come through me from the Divine Feminine. That information is there. So you can research either one. And There's a tremendous amount of information on both of those websites. So people looking into what we do will find um, archival information. They will find um, all kinds of information that, that will help them understand what we're doing we have uh, articles we've written all over the world that are posted on the website radio shows television shows information on how to have a personal session intuitive sessions and the astrological sessions there's there's a lot of rich material there for those who are interested great i want to thank you both for coming on the show today and sharing this topic in your book and i wish you continued success in in being able to um, share these ideas and help others understand these concepts because I think that's what's going to help us evolve as a as a people as a as a, as a species uh, in terms of where you're headed next are you are you doing any book tours or where are you in reference to promoting this particular book we are currently doing mostly television and radio interviews we have a full slate of calendar full calendar with personal sessions and with uh, intuitive readings and with astrology charts. So we're not traveling at the moment, but we are planning an international gathering possibly this coming September. And information will be posted on our website when we do that. It's going to be in Ireland, and people from all over the world will be certainly welcome. And we'll put that on the website when it comes together a bit more. But probably between now and September, we may not be doing any public gatherings, just doing the personal work for people. Okay, great. I really appreciate you coming on our show and sharing this topic. It's a very interesting and intriguing um, topic for our, for our audience. And I, I thank you for coming on today. Thank, thank you. you, Jason. This was, this was a great time spending our energies together. This was a wonderful Absolutely. collaboration. We we appreciate your question. We appreciate your questions and your interest. And your sensitivity and Thank intelligence. You. You've been a lovely interviewer. <laughs> Thank you so much. You guys have been a, a, a pleasure. I really have enjoyed this topic. And I, I just hope our audience can get your book and really dive into this deeper because I think they're going to learn a lot and be very intrigued by it. So thank you. Have a, thank great, you. Have a great day. Thank you. Okay. I just want to thank our guests for coming on the show today. I, uh, when you have a podcast, and we're on season two right now, it's trying to take all these different ideas and these different topics and presenting it from the viewpoint of keeping like an open mind and not having judgment or a preconceived notion about different perspectives. And one of the things I find that's most rewarding for me doing this show is having the ability to get 
different points of view presented for our audience to evaluate on your own. I definitely think this particular book, Pleiadian Earth Energy Astrology, resonated with me because of the fact that it looks at what we consider our paradigm of our place on the planet and the universe, and it challenges traditional notions and traditional viewpoints to the point of approaching it from a, a broader lens. And that's something that I, I challenge each of you to look at. The great thing is we have, we're in an era right now uh, in a day and age where the exchange of ideas and the exchange of concept taking place at extremely high rates and speed of transfer. Definitely check this book out. It's Pleiadian Earth Energy Astrology by the special guest, Dr. Pia Orlean and Colin Baird-Smith with LARCMA as their influential source of divine information. I uh, appreciate you spending your time with us today. And if anyone wishes to reach out to me, you can reach out to me directly by email, info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. You can also check out our website, www, the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com as well as social media, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much, and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here. And I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Cast Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid.